going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great start to your week, the first full calendar week of 2021. Certainly, we thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, it's super easy to do. Go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever it is you're listening to us now, and you'll get notifications when we drop new content, etc., etc. Also, well, I'll tell you that later. In the meantime, if you listened to our show yesterday, you learned very quickly that we've got some really cool plans for 2020 to be able to bring you more content and continue conversation about the world of pro wrestling. And so there's a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of Monday Night Raw, uh, in terms of Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 2, and uh, we will touch on those, but probably tomorrow, just to be true to kind of what I put together schedule-wise. And so what I wanted to start to do today was uh, begin our recap of the year 2020. Now, 2020 was a crazy year in all industries and certainly in the world of pro wrestling. And I want to start today's conversation by really taking us back to the first quarter of the year. Now, the intriguing thing is most of us kind of forgot that the first quarter of the year even happened. And what do I mean by forgot? I mean, the fact that there were fans at events, that there were actual pay-per-views, that uh, there were some real things going down. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the big moments that have happened in 2020. Uh, we'll be continuing this conversation next week. I don't know that we'll get through all of it today, but we'll see. We'll, we'll go as far as we so desire. Let's start with this. The first quarter of 2020 uh, was certainly very interesting for WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, all of those places. Specifically, when we talk about WWE, it was the start of the year that brought us the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble uh, spent its first time in a baseball field as Royal Rumble 2020 emanated from the Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, a baseball field. So that was a completely different setup and as we know the Royal Rumble for WWE kind of puts us on the path to Wrestlemania and an interesting path it was as on one end on the men's side you had Brock Lesnar who entered the Royal Rumble at number one and the idea was if Brock Lesnar successfully made it through the Royal Rumble then he would either not have an opponent at WrestleMania or pick his opponent at WrestleMania. The idea was who in the world could eliminate Brock Lesnar? And he found himself battling really with uh, some of the top superstars across all WWE brands, be it Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. In fact, since I mentioned NXT, if we're going to talk about that big Royal Rumble weekend, let's go back to this. The fact that NXT made a very interesting decision in 2020, and that is to not connect the NXT TakeOver brand to a major pay-per-view weekend. Now, this was really different because over the last few years, the NXT TakeOver brand really was something special that kind of kicked off the weekend for uh, the major events for WWE, that being Royal Rumble, uh, Money in the Bank, WrestleMania, of course, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, your top 
five or four, depending upon your perspective. 2020, the decision was made that these takeovers would not be connected and they would be their own standalone events. So what we did get to kick off Royal Rumble weekend was Worlds Collide, and that's uh, a battle really between the NXT and the NXT UK brand, and good Lord, was that amazing or what? Worlds Collide 2020 was in Houston at the Toyota Center. It featured, of course, matches between the NXT and NXT UK brands as they would fight for dominance. And it was the first time that this had really happened on this large of a scale. Previously, Worlds Collide was used as kind of a, not even a pre-show situation, but would be used for like WrestleMania access or Royal Rumble access. They'd be in front of smaller crowds. They'd be taped specifically for uh, the WWE Network, but never in a pay-per-view format. So the idea that you get NXT versus NXT UK was crazy. And so we saw some things we never thought we'd see. For instance, the fatal four-way match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which by the way, having the Cruiserweight Championship rebranded to the NXT Cruiserweight Championship made a lot of sense. Also, there was the rebranding of the UK Championship from the WWE UK Championship to the NXT UK Championship. With that said, What a match with Jordan Devlin defeating Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Travis Banks to win the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now, this is going to be important because it's the first time that anyone from NXT UK won this Cruiserweight Championship. Usually, the Cruiserweight Championship was preserved for 205 Live. With it being brought under the NXT umbrella, it now became open to all of NXT, which meant Jordan Devlin in London, of course, would be the cruiserweight champion, which means we'd see some defenses potentially in NXT UK coming over to NXT itself. It all had potential to be very, very interesting. We saw things like Finn Balor uh, battle Ilya Dragunov and and Ilya Dragunov is a name that we'd end up be that we would end up talking about quite a bit throughout 2020. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Tony Storm in a singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. And then in a match that was an absolute barn burner, Imperium, which consisted of Walter, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, and Alexander Wolfe, defeated the Undisputed Era to be considered the most dominant faction in NXT. And you kind of walked away feeling like NXT UK proved a bit of dominance in this event, which was crazy. Now, fast forward to the pandemic, and the pandemic put the NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a very weird space, because what do you do when your champion can't travel, and then NXT UK was shut down? Well, the only thing NXT could do was create an interim champion, uh, which that featured a tournament during the pandemic, which brought us uh, El Hijo de Fantasma, who would unmask and ultimately be known as Santos Escobar. So that became important as now in WWE or in NXT, you have two cruiserweight champions. You have two people who have legitimate claims to the cruiserweight championship, and of course, as NXT UK would come back later in the year, you've got 
two men literally walking around claiming to be the cruiserweight champion. In my mind, at some point, these two are going to have to battle to determine an undisputed cruiserweight champion. Uh, when that will happen, thanks to these COVID restrictions, we have no idea. But that's certainly one of those unique decisions that happened as a result of what happened there during Royal Rumble weekend. It being a big weekend, of course, going into the Royal Rumble again, uh, there was interest in seeing who would walk away winning the men's Royal Rumble. Would anybody possibly be able to eliminate Brock Lesnar? On the women's side, it was intriguing as well as there didn't seem to be um, someone leading the charge going into the Royal Rumble. We saw a couple of breakout performances uh, in the Royal Rumble on the men's side. First of all, of course, Drew McIntyre uh, being the one to eliminate Brock Lesnar was pretty amazing. We saw the debut of Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble, which again, after his incredible 2019 Survivor Series performance, uh, it just made all kinds of sense to see him lock up and lock horns with Brock Lesnar. Uh, we also saw the return of Edge, which ended up being one of the biggest surprises and biggest moments of all of 2020. So the Royal Rumble itself, the men's Royal Rumble itself, was pretty amazing. Of course, again, we see uh, Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble and this becoming the year of Drew McIntyre as he would go on to WrestleMania to battle Brock Lesnar, uh, win the WWE Championship and really be the WWE Champion for the bulk of 2020 pretty crazy. On the women's side of things, uh, we saw again some intriguing things during Worlds Collide, we saw Kaylee Ray, uh, the NXT UK champion, defeat Mia Yim. We saw the rise of Rhea Ripley continue as she successfully defeated Tony Storm to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And Rhea Ripley would be a name we would be talking about in 2020, uh, some for great reasons and some for not. Put a pin there, remember that, because as we go into the Royal Rumble, of course we saw some legends in the Royal Rumble on the women's side, and speaking of legends, it also reminded me, the Royal Rumble marked the return of MVP to the WWE, and many thought MVP was on his way out in terms of retiring, but the Royal Rumble issued really a great edict for MVP as he would go on to really find his way, not just as an in-ring competitor, but as a manager ultimately forming the faction known as the Hurt Business. And in the Hurt Business, you would find the conglomeration of Bobby Lashley, who would become the U.S. champion. And then you have Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who would end 2020 as the Raw Tag Team Champions. You could argue that perhaps the award of MVP or Most Improved or Most Influential Superstar in WWE could be MVP based on his work with the Hurt Business, but that too starts during Royal Rumble weekend. All right, on the women's side, uh, again, we saw some intriguing things. We saw, of course, Lita in the Royal Rumble. We also had Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler all make their appearance inside the Royal Rumble for the first time. Both of them would go on to have breakout years uh, in WWE. They were NXT competitors at the time, but for Shayna Baszler, that would end up being her entry into Monday Night Raw, where she would ultimately pursue 
the Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch. We have to talk about the dominance really in the first quarter of 2020 for Shayna Baszler as she would just rip through the women uh, in the elimination chamber, being the first person to eliminate all opposing competitors in any elimination chamber match. It would lead to her WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch that, to the surprise of many, saw Becky Lynch walk away still your Raw Women's Champion. The year would end for Shayna Baszler uh, with her ending up as a women's tag team champion, teaming up with Nia Jax before at the end of the year she would lose that to Asuka and Charlotte Flair. And speaking of Charlotte Flair, the Royal Rumble ended up helping to establish her dominance in the women's field as she would win the women's Royal Rumble for the first time. That would lead her into a match at WrestleMania, and many wondered, who would that match be against? Would it be against the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch? Would it be against the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bayley? Well, honestly, I think we all had seen those matches before, and I don't know that we were interested in those matches on the WrestleMania stage. Well, what we did find ourselves interested in was a third option, that being the NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, the same Rhea Ripley who defeated Tony Storm that weekend at Worlds Collide. Rhea Ripley would end up issuing the challenge to Charlotte Flair, making more history in WWE for the first time. The NXT Women's Championship or any NXT title would be defended on the great grand stage of WrestleMania. And many of us wonder what would have happened if Rhea Ripley battled Charlotte Flair as initially intended in front of 80,000 people there uh, in Florida, in Tampa, Florida. What would have happened? We don't know. And we don't know if things were changed by the time the pandemic hit and WrestleMania hit, et cetera, et cetera. But for Charlotte Flair, it would prove to be a very intriguing year. She would go on to win the NXT Women's Championship, spend time in NXT basically from WrestleMania until about June, where NXT TakeOver's In Your House pay-per-view would see the emergence of Io Shirai as Shirai would go on to defeat Ripley and Charlotte Flair to become the NXT Women's Champion. That would mark Charlotte Flair's exit out of NXT. Charlotte Flair would wrestle a little bit more and then take about six months off due to injury and really just time to refresh and recalibrate and she would return at the final pay-per-view of 2020 for WWE that being TLC to become a women's tag champion for the first time teaming with Asuka and Asuka of course being the first winner of the women's Royal Rumble in 2018 Asuka, of course, in 2018, being the opponent for Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Asuka having her streak ended by Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And now the two come together at the end of the year to be the tag team champions. And what a year for Asuka, right? Asuka would go on to win the women's Money in the Bank match in May. Uh, the next night, she would be awarded the Raw Women's Championship with Becky Lynch going out uh, because of pregnancy, which we'll get into that. And of course, Asuka ends the year as Asuka Two Belts, being both the Raw Women's Champion and the Women's Tag Team Champion. Believe it or not, 
That's just a look at WWE kind of in the first quarter of the year and the value of that Royal Rumble pay-per-view. On AEW side, they hosted one pay-per-view during the first quarter. Now, the thing about AEW, of course, they've got about four pay-per-views that they rock during the year, which is probably a good scenario for them. Their pay-per-view was Revolution. It was the inaugural presentation of that. And there were really two monster things that came out of there. Firstly, you had the Tag Team Championship. And really, before I go there, let's talk about AEW. And we'll wrap things up in a little bit. I hope you don't mind us talking about 2020, the year in review. AEW World Tag Team Championship. Coming into 2020, your tag team champions were SCU. That'd be Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, the inaugural tag team champions, winning those titles on October 30th, 2019, on an episode of Dynamite. Well, they would lose those tag team titles at the top of the year, January 21st, 2020, which was, strangely enough, the week of the Royal Rumble go figure they lose that to what seemed like a makeshift team of kenny omega and adam page omega and page of course being part of the group the elite but it seemed as though their tag team relationship was rocky from the start seemed as though it could have ended at any point in time but they ended up becoming the longest reigning tag team champion so far in aew's history with that said, that takes us into the Revolution pay-per-view, because in the Revolution pay-per-view, we got what many may have said was the greatest tag team match, certainly in AEW's history, but perhaps of all time. As Kenny Omega and Adam Page defended against the Young Bucks at this pay-per-view called Revolution. An amazing pay-per-view that I think many thought the Young Bucks would finally become tag team champions. Not the case, as Omega and Page would defeat them in what was an absolutely amazing match. Second major thing coming out of Revolution to do that, we've got to go back to, again, the start of 2020. And coming into 2020, AEW's world champion was the one and only Chris Jericho, who won that title at All Out on August the 31st, 2019. He had a pretty significant reign until Revolution. Revolution would mark the first championship change at the uh, AEW world title level as Chris Jericho would lose the championship to John Moxley. John Moxley winning that championship on February the 29th, 2020 in Revolution in what was a monster match. He would go on to have the longest reign of an AEW champion, 277 days being champion all throughout the pandemic and the like but would lose that title at the end of the year, or really December the 2nd, on an event known as Winter is Coming, which was a special episode of Dynamite, and he would lose that title to a man that many felt like should have been the inaugural AEW World Champion, and that would be Kenny Omega. We'll talk about what Kenny Omega did, uh, perhaps a little bit later in these discussions as we look at 2020. But, 2020 saw three world champions for AEW. Another important thing that happened for AEW in that first quarter was a look at the AEW Women's Championship. Coming into the year, Riho was your women's world champion, winning that on the inaugural episode of Dynamite back on October the 2nd, 2019. She defeated Nyla Rose to become the inaugural champion, but on an episode of Dynamite in February of 2020, she would lose that title 
to Nyla Rose, making Nyla Rose the new AEW Women's World Champion. She would go on to hold on to that title for 101 days, but then would lose that title at double or nothing to Hikaru Shida. Shida is still your Women's World Champion, holding that title for over 225 days. So with that said, that's a look at the women's situation in AEW. So there were title changes in AEW all in this first quarter. And then, of course, right around March the 15th of 2020, a thing called a global pandemic took place that global pandemic really changed a lot of the wrestling world and the world at large as we began to see sporting events canceled major events like the ncaa tournament the nba put their entire season on hold uh major league baseball got rid of spring training everybody stopped what they were doing and it caused the question, what would the WWE do about WrestleMania? After all, they were the last ones to make a decision. The city of Tampa began pressuring WWE to say, hey, uh, what are you going to do about this? Because in this environment, we cannot in good conscience have 80,000 people travel to Tampa uh, for a mass gathering of this event with the novel coronavirus floating around. Um it caused AEW to have to make some decisions because if you'll remember, the week that this pandemic happened, the next week, AEW was supposed to present their version of War Games, um, which was going to be absolutely monstrous. It was going to happen in New Jersey. It was going to be a super big deal, but they couldn't do it. The pandemic forced a lot of hands in the world of pro wrestling. What would WrestleMania decide to do? What would WWE decide to do? Because they had all sorts of shows going on. Remember, they had house shows. They were taping Raws and SmackDowns all across the country. Same for AEW with Dynamite. What would they do? How would they handle things? And what levels of creativity would be caused by way of this pandemic? Well, we'll talk about that the next time we begin to approach the year of 2020 in pro wrestling. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, what did we miss in the first quarter? I know there's a lot of things we didn't touch on because we didn't have time to touch on every single detail. But what were some other major things that happened in the first quarter? Again, we'll be talking specifically about the pandemic, what it did to AEW, WWE, and all of pro wrestling, uh, not just during the first quarter, but for the rest of the year how folks rebounded, and who, which wrestlers benefited the most from the pandemic. We'll talk about all of that the next time we approach the subject of the year in review 2020. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Let us know your thoughts by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. We would love to hear from you. Also, do us a favor. Follow us uh, on all sorts of social media, including Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, uh, make sure you're following myself, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, John Murray. We've been getting involved in some pretty intriguing wrestling conversations. So I want to shout out all of our friends who have joined us on Clubhouse. Uh, we've had some amazing discussions there and we'll be having more discussions uh, and getting involved in discussions with several of our friends from across the wrestling world. Literally pretty exciting stuff to say the least. All right, we're going to get out of here. Hope you guys enjoy your Tuesday. Until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers, Courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively were known as the faction have a great day